Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of 12 Million. I'm Darren Jenkins. I am Akbar Majid. On today's show, we are joined by a somebody who I'm very intrigued to kind of talk to because it's some some good stuff going, some positive things happening there. Stephanie E. Farmer, uh, affectionately known as Miss Steph, is the founder and executive director of Triple F Empowerment Incorporated. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for coming on the show today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Oh, we're honored. Yes, we are. Very honored that you are joining us today. So tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, from my understanding, I know you are a scientist. Um, where did the love of science or the interest of science come from? I remember enjoying science from a very, a very, very young age. I always like to mix stuff together. <laughs> um, now I call it science. Then my mom kind of was like, if you make one more random thing with the Bisquick, like, <laughs> look, just please clean up the kitchen. So it was that early. I would be in the kitchen and I would be like, I can put this in the Bisquick and I can do this. I can do that. Like, why not? It's fun. Mm. Um, my love and affection for kids actually came before the science. Oh, wow. Okay. I actually remember being a kid, being, when I say a kid, like little, mm. and I would play with the neighbor and I couldn't, I couldn't have been more than three or four years old because my brother would have just been born. Um, and I remember playing with the neighbor who was younger and she would like call me mommy. <laughs> So from that young, <laughs> it was like wow. kids. Um, so as far as just my background, that's such a broad question. I want to make sure I answer it properly. But, um, <laughs> you know, I've loved science since I was little, and I have had a gifting and a purpose oh, wow. to work with children since I was very young. Okay. What was the... Um... What was the impetus behind choosing biochemistry? That's a very, so, I mean, that's some heavy duty stuff there. So what was supposed to happen was that at this point, you would be talking to Dr. Stephanie E. Farmer, <laughs> pediatrician. Okay. So when around age 12, I had you know figured out I was into working with kids. And by then I was like, science is fabulous. I had had pneumonia a could, I, way too many times at that point, um, had dealt with various things that I now know are certain chronic illnesses that I have now have names and have somewhat been treated. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted to actually be a nurse and I wanted to be a pediatric nurse. My mother, um, who's now deceased, um, was a nurse. Okay. My whole life, nurse. Lots of other nurses in my family, um, but in particular, I my I looked up to my mom, the original oh. Stephanie Farmer, Stephanie mm -hmm. D Farmer, and she. I told her I wanted to be a nurse, and she was like, "You're too smart. Be a doctor." Oh. Um, I remember those words very. She was like, "No," <laughs> um, and at this point. In her lifetime, 
the way she was treated as a nurse was not real fabulous. Mm. The way she was treated as a black nurse was mm -hmm. not real great. And so she wanted me to do something else. So I was like, sure, mom. Wow. The original Stephanie. What else do I do but follow what you told me to do? Um, especially during that time, please. And then this, like, do what you want to do stuff um, that we have happening out here now. Um, right. And so by the time I was 13, I was saying, okay, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a pediatrician. Hello, there's the kid thing again, right? Mm -hmm. And I was getting ready to go into high school. And I wanted to make sure I picked the correct courses so such that I would be able to by senior year do calculus and physics and all that type of stuff in high school. And then when I went into college, I chose a major that had all of the prerequisites with it. Hence, therefore, <laughs> and bachelor's of science in biochemistry. Gotcha. Now you grew up where? You grew up in New Mexico? Uh -uh. I haven't found. Okay. I think I'm going to change since we're recording. Right. No problem. These don't fail me. <laughs> These will, you won't have an issue. Okay. So I can have a clear cut. Okay. So where did you grow up? So where did you? Because I have to change my settings. Okay. So I guess. Hello. Yeah, we hear you. Can you hear us? Okay. Hmm. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Hello? Yes, yes, yes. There Hello. we go. Right. I'm very sorry. I do not do well with disorder, nor do I do well with causing disorder for people, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, re I'm very sorry. Blame it on the technology. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I had like stuff ready because <laughs> I've learned. Ooh. Do you want a, we'll another cl clear cut, Darren? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, where did you grow up? <laughs> um, <laughs> nice question, Akbar. Um, so, I grew up in lots of different places. I am actually a military brat. Okay. Both mm -hmm. of my parents were in the United States Air Force. By the oh, way, wow. that's how they met. Okay. Um, and so born in Texas, moved to Maryland. Younger sibling was born there. We, in the midst of trying to move to the Philippines for my father's assignment there on Clark Air Force Base, um, we spent a year and a half with living with my Nana <laughs> um, in California. 
finally made it to Philippines with dad. Um, family was then reunited. Yes, we were, we were a part as a family for a period of time that had nothing to do with my parents getting along. It literally right. was a military assignment thing. Yes, which was actually the second time. Oh, wow. We had had that, yes. Because mm. um, my dad had the Korea assignment when we were, uh, Jeffy and I were very little. Um, and that was that's a whole year, actually. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, whoa. So... Philippines, then we came back to the United States and eventually made it to uh, Scott Air Force Base, Base, which is in Illinois, Mm -hmm. headed over to Albuquerque, which is where I graduated high school and went to UNM. And then I came here. Right. So I grew up in lots of places and depending, depending on who I'm talking to, and what mood I'm in is the accent you get. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 what brought you to New York, Harlem in particular? How did you get to Harlem? I came to be a singer. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, because I was supposed to be a doctor, and it, uh, right. So you see. Well, you know, you can multi hyphenate. My Caribbean parent, my poor dad, was a little traumatized by me moving here to be a singer. Um, but yet, literally, it was like, I'm going to go to New York to be a singer. Um, oh, wow. And I specifically wanted to live in a community that was predominantly Black. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Harlem. Um, yeah. And so it was either Harlem or Brooklyn. The uh, roommate I had, she was coming to be a part of we were both moving from New Mexico to New York. Um, and so it was like, hey, let's be roommates. We were on an African dance um, team together and mm. we were really good friends. And so since she was going to Columbia, it was Harlem instead of Brooklyn. That's right. Right. <laughs> and, and I have not left the vicinity since. <laughs> wow. That was back in 2003. What, what kind of music were you... Uh, were you- like what was what was your style it was, of music? It this neo I was calling it neo soul, with okay. I mean neo soul is so broad, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. I was very right. like kind of like into Indie and like a little Eric Badu, but not more like Indie meets mm-hmm. Nina meets a little Mahalia Jackson because yeah. I definitely had a gospel. <laughs> Lots of gospel slant in there. Um, so I'm just kind of like, yeah. right. I was like, yeah, sure. Live the dream, right? <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, I dropped two indie albums, but. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, so I am a ahead, swirl Dave. of a person. <laughs> like, swirl, <laughs> multi swirled. <laughs> That you're just it's you just a New Yorker because I think that's that's essentially what all New Yorkers are, right? Like every New York is like the opposite. Like LA, and like if you're on the West Coast, LA is kind of like you're only two things: a waiter or an actor. (laughs) You know, everyone wants to be an actor. Whereas New York, everybody has many different hats that they wear. So that's just the way we are. So. So, so where did the transition back into science 
How did that come about, right? Mm. So how did that come about? And then also a two-pronged question. Where did TFE, when did you start TFE? So that's Triple F Empowerment Incorporated, right? Right, yes. Okay, so remember the Dr. Farmer, yada, yada, right? Okay, so I I graduate with, I finished my biochem degree. Um, I had even taken the MCAT. (laughs) and it slapped me um (laughs) really hard and taking the MCAT I was actually going to retake it but then I was like no and I had explored dance because again remember I moved here with the friend that I met in the dance troupe so I had explored dance and all this type of stuff and folks were like Steph your voice is so great and like yada 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 so I get here um and I need a job and I was like, I'm going to be a barista, right? Going back to your like waiter thing, I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply to Starbucks to like hire mm. me. It's, it's it'll, it'll happen. Like I have a degree. Why wouldn't Starbucks hire me? Starbucks is like, <laughs> no, sis. <laughs> this is New York. I'm going to need you to have some experience in this. I don't care what your degree is. Um, and I looked for a job, looked for a job for a period of time, which is not very long, like about six months. And the thing that I was like, I'm not gonna do when I moved to New York. She sure. took herself back to the laboratory <laughs> <laughs> um, and worked there. I worked in Terrytown at something, it was called SIBA when I worked there. I imagine the company is still there, but I'm sure it's called something. I'm, those companies like get bought and sold right. all the time. Um, so like restaurants and clubs. Right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's still the plastics plastic chemical company, but who owns it right now? Some you know, some big conglomerate, mm. I'm sure. And so I had hopped back into science all, like shortly after being here. So while I was pursuing and doing, I was doing private vocal lessons and like going downtown and randomly singing in the subway and going to open mics and all that type of stuff. I was working as a chemist. Um, Then also at that same time, the thing I was like, I'm going to take a break from church because I'm very like every Sunday kind of chick. Right. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I lasted two weeks. And the place that was, there was a church very close to me and ended up being very involved there. And they were eventually, so I eventually, I wanted to transition back out of be, back out of being a laboratory scientist around 2007. And by then I was really involved in my church and they're like, don't you want to come run our after school program? You really seem like you're really good with children. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I like kids. And I was helping run youth ministry and all that type of stuff. But I was like, you know, I'm not a certified teacher. Like, I'm not certified to do that. That would be a bad idea. You don't want to make me the after school director. And my friend was like, okay, sure. Why did she ask me again? She did not take no for an answer. The next time she asked me, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I get over there, run after school, summer camp. That's how I got into after school and summer camp. So it's 2007 and I had left the lab. I was like, no more science. I'm not going to do youth work. Hmm. And then I noticed the kids are coming for homework help and find out atrocious things, things that are atrocity to me about Hmm. that they don't have science every day. I'm like, 
you what? Hmm. Excuse? No, my stuff. We don't. No, no, no. We just we do a e l a and nothing all day, and then sometimes we do specials. What's a special, bro? What's a special? I don't understand because remember, you asked me where I grew up, which was right. essentially in the United States military, and there's like mm -hmm. a set of subjects that you're always taught, and you always have right. like. So New York City, science, art, PE, let's see other one, social studies, um, music. Those are called specials in elementary school. Okay. Special. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. I, I got you. I got you. I'm coming. I'm. 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 I'm in the, okay. About to break it down. So okay. meaning. Those subjects are taught by, not by your classroom teacher, they're taught by a specialist, a person that's hired to teach music, hired to teach science, art, to like the whole school. Mm. And you have, gee, I wonder why our children don't have enough science, like, okay? And so, and you have those subjects like twice a week. Oh, wow. Twice a week for forty-five, maybe forty-five minutes. It's really more like forty by the time the teacher gets in there because the teacher is sometimes the teacher is not doing it in their own room. When I eventually was doing it at a charter school later in the story, right? Um, because this is still before I started TFE. Okay, I remember I'm running after school for my church's like community right. development organization. Okay, right. And we had a summer camp and all that type of stuff. So long story short, I find this out and I'm like, it's what we're not going to do. <laughs> so I incorporated into our summer camp. We would have this faith-based summer camp. We would have yada, yada, all of us, all of our stuff and field trips and this, that, and the third. But I started teaching science <clears throat> to the kids. So I, I added that to the thing. So they, they, they would have it. Um, so after that, then there was a period of time again, chronic, my chronic illnesses, which now have names. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I eventually found out that I had like really like advanced endometriosis, but so mm -hmm. unnamed at the time, unnamed illness starts to rear its head around 2010. And by 2012, I had ended up leaving the job. Um, we'll leave how that happened out for this time. Um, <laughs> mm. Left the job because I wasn't able to work, this, that, whatever. I left the job and um, had a situation to where I found out that the kids that I had helped kind of raise and work with from 2007 to 2012, for various reasons, the organization, the church organization, the community development part was not going to have summer camp. And I was mm. like, this is like one of your main parts. It wasn't gonna have summer camp. The dance instructor who was a dear friend of mine had voluntold me she wanted me to be in the show because she does live music with her shows. And um, so she wanted me to sing. Um, it was an interfaith piece and I was <laughs> representing Christian um, faith and I she had me do Lord's Prayer yada 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 
so we are at it's may 2012 we're at the final um are you getting a life you want to hold up for a second i'm a block away from harlem hospital Oh. So yeah, that's <laughs> I used to be in seventh half. Way more sirens there. <laughs> Way. Um, that's a whole other conversation. Um, okay, it sounds like they've passed. Yep. Okay, so um thanks. <laughs> Circle back around. Yeah. I just want to make sure you can hear them. Miss Steph is doing the podcast. Let us drive by a couple times. <laughs> you know there's a whole conversation about whether or not they have to have the sirens on and this, that, and the third and stuff and how that happens in certain communities, but not others. Right. And they just do the lights in certain places. Yeah. Instead of all that. <laughs> I think we're good. Yeah, and now it's good. I can tell like they're they're done. Um all right, so where was I? Yeah, so it's May 2012. Mm -hmm. And my friend who's asked me to be in her performance, we're now the show is now up. Um, mind you, I've been on medical leave since November 2011. Um, I am kind of sort of at in remission again. We didn't, there wasn't a name yet right. <laughs> for some mm. condition. Um, I didn't know what was going on and, and, but I hit remission, was able to Form, do the show, yada, yada. So we are doing, it's like opening week. Her shows run the week. And again, remember, I'm singing while they're dancing. And we're getting, we're in the dressing room for the first show um, in the run. And she's like, so many stuff. Like, what's going on with um, so-and-so's, I'm going to leave name out on purpose, um, <laughs> with their summer camp, because she knew I, was on leave and was not a part of the origin anymore, yada, yada. I was like, you know what? They're not having camp. It's like, isn't that? She was like, you should start your own camp. I will find you a space. Oh, wow. It's New wow. York City. I look at like, nope, I'm not running my own business. <laughs> I am too shy. I'm really good at not acting shy, but I'm actually quite shy and I don't know, I'm introverted. I don't want to deal with people. And I already like came out of my bubble to run the program before. And I don't have no money and I'm on sick leave. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Apparently she remembers this part of the conversation and it's actually kind of a blessing in my opinion that I don't remember this part of the conversation because I have like elephant memory is what my friends usually kind of say through like, you, you don't tend to forget stuff. But apparently later, as we finished, we were finished getting like ready to go on for the show. 
I do remember the fact that she was doing a child's hair because she does this multi-generational thing. It's really fabulous. Mm. Um, and apparently I then, she asked me, well, what would you do if you did? So apparently I like rattle off this whole design of Miss Steph Science Club and we're going to do science all the time, yada, yada. So the part she remembers, I don't. Mm. <laughs> and to this day, she reminds me, she's like, you broke, you had a whole entire room ready to go. And so then the show finishes and so it's mid-May 2020. By June 20, no, sorry, mid-May 2012. By June 2012, I had an EIN number. My, the, 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 the military, like, that kicked in. <laughs> By then I had an EIN number. I had contacted some of the parents from that old program and this, that, and I was like, guys, I'm going to do, I'm going to do camp for just like a couple of days out of the week. Would you join? Folks were like, yeah, we didn't even sign up for anything. Hoping you were going to like do something. Wow. Y'all know I'm like sick of. So this stuff science club is born. Mm -hmm. Um, It was originally triple F. Um, Empowerment LLC. That was when I had, you know, when you DIY stuff and you forget to ask a lawyer because you think it's going to cost too much. Um, <laughs> you don't know that <laughs> LLCs can't be converted into nonprofits. Right. Um, because LLCs are actually owned by somebody. Right. <laughs> so we went that conversion and all that type of stuff eventually, but. I always knew I wanted the camp shirts to be red, my mom's favorite color. I always knew I wanted it to be called Miss Steph Science Club because that was just what was put on my heart. Um, and Triple F Empowerment uh, uh, actually comes from the uh, three original people that started myself, and my brother, and my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, tri- three. <laughs> Triple <Right>. F. <laughs> people always like, is triple f some special science Thanks. something yeah i'm like no it's more of a family legacy thing oh, okay um at the time neither my, my brother and myself were married had children or whatever we still are in that state um <laughs> now mm. but i'm you know and so i wanted legacy for us um i had already had them and told them um, that they were, would help us with help me with something called a triple F fund. Um, my last couple of years of running the other program, I was helping some of the teenagers that worked for me with little stuff like the stuff that their parents they they couldn't their parents can do a bus ticket back and forth from New York to whatever college they had gone to, or like one of my other kids who ended up doing our promo video back in 2016, he was just starting to get into film Mm. and he needed equipment. And I was like, dad, Jeff, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going (laughs) to buy this kid Mm. equipment. And so literally we were just putting $50 into an account um, for like a month. And Mm. so the kids would just come stuff. I need a book, like literally this, you know, stuff that make your makes or breaks a college career, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna apply for a grant for it. You right. can't call home for it because for whatever reason the money is not there. Right. So, right. Um, I rolled that into what is now this right. program that I. I didn't quite know it was gonna be all this. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. 
that's impressive. The, um, I'm sure that you know. It's a, I'm not surprised that it's needed though, because to your to like. So my mom also was a teacher, and she and she she was she, you know, like and this was. 20 years ago or more, maybe, right? It hasn't changed. It just hasn't changed. Like, the need for the, like, 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 as a, as a country, we've kind of abandoned, like, these tenets that I grew up with, which was history, math, science, art, and it was, was a given. Reading, I mean, reading, yeah. education, but... So, Kids still can't read, right? So it's, I'm kind of curious. Like, so if those are the specials, what was the normal stuff where they were teaching? Like, what was like, what was the other stuff they were teaching when they weren't teaching those subjects? Right. So math and ELA get this massive chunk of the day. Mm. Um, they do know you can't do science without math, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... Ask me the definition of math that I teach my kids. <laughs> math babies, the science club babies. Right. You know, they that math is the science numbers because all science is right. the study of the natural world. Like, that's... Uh, that's all right. So why do you think... So, so in your opinion, why is science so important to teach particularly young kids? <laughs> you want my... How long answer you want? I want the um, real answer. <laughs> the real answer. Real one. So what I do with them is intentional. Mm -hmm. Down to the way Ms. Steph is spelled on the shirt, down to the color of the t-shirt, down to picking empowerment. Because I knew I wanted something that had farmer in it without saying like farmer foundation. I didn't want to call it that. Okay. So that word empowerment, we inspire, empower, and encourage young people to go into the STEAM fields. So if I teach you science in the fun way, the way it is to be taught, the way I was blessed to have it be taught to me by various teachers, typically mm. I interact with all kinds of adults of various ages who were like, my science teacher was terrible. But I know for a fact I was purposed to not only work with children, but to teach, bring science to children because my walk, my whole experience with science teachers, except for one, that was not pretty. But all the rest of them mm. was fantastic. Even in the, like, the school where people, like the graduating class, it was like, 30% of <laughs> the freshmen that started graduated. Oh, wow. Even at that school, I ended up being in science. So all that being said, is that science is empowerment, empowering. Mm -hmm. And you get, to be, it's, you get to be creative, you read, you do math, there's a historic, there's historic content to science. That all of this stuff, that right. gets opened up on top of the fact that children are do learners. Right. So every child is a tactile learner in some way. They might not want to touch this one, but they might want to touch and stir, stir it, right? Now you get the kids who like want to like touch it and eat it and all that kind of stuff, and then you gotta like bring it back. Um, right. But 
teaching science, um, and specifically yesterday when I taught, taught my, my little ones, um, and I do teach as young as age two. Actually. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I go to daycares in, 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 in the neighborhood. Like I have, I have daycare clients who do um, tra the traveling science teacher initiative. So I go in and I let them know, you know, they're getting to experience um, what happens chemically or physically, but I'm also teaching what now is called SEL, SEL, right? You have like social emotional learning, all that type of stuff. Right. Several people have been like, Miss Steph, you have been doing that. Just write it on the grants and let them know that that's what you've been doing. Cause I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> Right, I'm like, right. this is how you teach me. Well, they know it was yeah, called so last saying. year, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so thing, but right. science teaches all of that stuff. Right. Right. Teaches patience, self-control, perseverance, oh. and then patience again, self-control again, and waiting because I, I had a they were doing um this activity we call dancing milk. And all it is it's, it's milk, you have to use whole milk. Um Fat content in the milk then responds to what we, the last step is to add soap, okay? In between putting the milk in the plate, you put food coloring in. Food coloring is water soluble and not fat soluble. Right. Okay? So when you add soap, the soap basically moves, uh, I'm, I'm making, doing the kid version of it, um, the soap and the fat molecules react, um, which makes the water-soluble food coloring lenses, right? Because yeah. the fat moving makes the, the water move, right? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. See? <laughs> and you get the, the connections. There's similarities, and there's things that, like, aren't similar, okay? Um, and those are the different things that we're teaching when we're teaching science and why we're waiting until grade five or six right. or Lord forbid seven, right? Mm -hmm. To like do activities, hands-on activities, because that's when we can trust them to handle right. the chemicals is stupid. Yes, I said it. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope mm -hmm. that's not offensive and I hope that's not inappropriate for your, your show. Um, nope. But it's illogical. Not only is it illogical, it's disrespectful. Mm. It's disrespectful to the children. Because why would you wait so long? Don't you teach them? We teach them to walk. We teach them to talk. We teach them to stand in line, all that type of stuff. Mm. Why not teach them scientific concepts and principles and terminology when they're little mm. so that when you get to the upper grades, they're not, they don't all of a sudden have this anxiety with it. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. I love science. I mean, I, you know, it, it teaches you so many th things, and you know, I, you know, no, no two people get the same thing out of it. And there's that too, which means when you're in this group dynamic teaching it, what this kid experienced and this kid experienced may be different. But then when they talk to each other. They can learn from each other the experience of what just happened. Can, can I get come on somebody? <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's what happens when you have a mom, a father, two uncles, and a cousin who are all teachers. So, and best friend whose mom was a teacher. So I couldn't escape it. So, yeah, I get it. 
It's, you know, it's one of the subjects that teaches that there's the access to other subjects. Right. 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 Is on another level. I was a very poor reader <laughs> like that to the point to where it impacted my ACT score. Mm. So I was put into remedial, remedial classes my first year at UNM. They sent me and my parents down there like, because when I picked my major right, they were like, um, so sweetie, you know, it's this, this hard. I'm like, you didn't see, you didn't see my, that I took calculus and physics and all that, like in, in high school, right? Yeah, but it's hard. I read and comprehend science content better than I do like your traditional, the stuff that you normally have kids read because it's easier and more accessible to them. Mm -hmm. To this day, it's not as accessible for me. Mm. My brain just, I translate things differently and all that type of stuff and have recently found out a little something with my hearing and she's like this may actually not be this might not be new this may have been since you Uh, were young and actually we know now that people with this certain thing with their hearing have trouble learning to read right right (laughs) and we don't test people for it because right it's Mm. outside of the number normal range so all that being said Being a, because I am a scientist, people think I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Had I not gotten into the sciences, sciences, where I would be, I have no idea. Right. Because it's been the only opportunity for me to feel smart. It's the only, because I had so much trouble in all the stuff where you have to read something. Like, mm, right. So if I, little Stephanie, went to the school system that I'm adjacent to, as I like to call it. I'm, I'm DOE adjacent. <laughs> um, she would not feel smart because I definitely didn't feel smart most of my childhood. Gotcha. So if you are just joining us, you are listening to 12 Million. My name is Akbar Majee, my co-host Darren Jenkins. And today we are joined by Ms. Stephanie Farmer, also known as Ms. Steph, um, Executive Director of Triple F Empowerment. Um, so Ms. Steph, um, what, are the, what are the various programs that you offer at TFE? What are the, the different programs that you offer? So we've got, basically we, do two things and then they're kind of divided up. <laughs> um, we've got this consulting situation that has blown up and become a whole thing I didn't expect it to. Um, mm. You know, you try stuff and but you don't realize, oh, I might actually wow. surpass what I thought that was going to be. Um, so we have a consulting arm which supports other organizations and programs in operating their STEAM education. That includes our traveling science teacher initiative, that includes some one-on-one tutoring that I do. Um, and then it includes general just consulting. Right now I'm helping, there's a summarizing, there's an organization that is doing summarizing and I'm helping them 
flush out, deal with their lesson plans. Mm -hmm. um, so that they're like lesson plans. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then the other, right? So that's that arm. And then we've got our clubs. So we've got two clubs. We've got summer science club and Saturday science club. Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Has it been, how's COVID treated? Like, you know, how's, have you adapted to, uh, cause we were, we were taught, we had another guest on our show, uh, Camille Cohen, Dr. Camille Cohen. And she was, she was talking about distance learning and, you know, so I would, I would assume you did some, a fair amount of that, that for the program to continue. Correct. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> like, there's on a dime and then there's on, like, the nanometer, right? So I, what was it, March 16th, right? When the we got magic, the announcement, the it was like, yeah. when it's like, yeah, so you're staying home. Hmm? No. No, thank you. There won't be school tomorrow. Um, I cried. Mm. Um, I, my roommate at the time, um, was a fellow teacher. Um, she and I were good friends before and we're still good friends. Um, and she was, well, still does, teach, teaches music. Mm. Um, yeah. So we were in that apartment teaching science in one room and music in the other room. <laughs> For like from mid-March 2020 till February. I just recently moved. Wow. Um, so remote teaching. I cried just out of the sheer... I'm a, one, I'm a very emotional person. I'm very sensitive, which is one of the ways that I help relate to my students. Like I mm. like feel <laughs> mm. all the big feelings that they feel. I'm just like, oh. Um, and so I was just like, like what? What are we get? What are we doing? You know, you've right. got grants. We're nonprofit, so you've got. I've got grants. I had contracts, mm -hmm. and so and because it, March twenty twenty, by then, you know, because remember, I started in twenty twelve. I had, I was on sick leave right. <laughs> mm -hmm. from one job, and no money. Okay, I had mm -hmm. started the wrong type of business structure. So from there to then March twenty twenty, where we had like. Not a lot of grants, but we had a few, like we had little, little, little baby grants. I had some contracts and people were coming for a traveling science teacher and I was going there and I was going to 10 locations, some of them multiple times a week. Mm. And it was like, no, thank you. We're, we're not doing that. Mm. And I saw the pivot kind of coming. Um, I did not think once and then kind of military stuff kicked in. She mm. helps me through a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> her and the project man, like part of my personality really, really helped me like 
okay, right? I, so I had my moment and I had several moments, hello, because we, we know several other things like just kept happening throughout the year. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? So I had my several moments, but meanwhile, project manager slash you have military training, you know what to do really helped thank you god um helped me through this and helped me just let's go okay we have to pivot okay fine i'm not entertained with it but what we're not going to do is not have program so i had a board meeting i was like okay people so i mean if y'all really want to tell me you're the board i trust you I invited all of you, but still, I trust you and you've got to do your job. So if you really feel like we should like, you know, say not do summer camp, fine. But I think that's a really bad idea and that our whole organization would like die Mm. if we didn't do summer camp. Right. And I said it just like that. My father is still an active board member and um, being from the Caribbean and being having a former officer in the United States military. there's a way we talk to each other. And so <laughs> we don't stop all stuff. Um, and he was like, yes, farmer. That literally, he calls me farmer. Um, <laughs> so it was like giving me rank without. So he's like, okay, farmer, if you feel like this is what we need to do, this is what we'll do. And, and so we flipped to remote. Everything okay. went remote. Um, and in that moment, I was thankful for the fact that my computer crashed in December 2019. Oh, okay. Because had it not, I would not have gotten the new one that I'm interacting right. with y'all on now. And that right. computer was terrible. So had that one not crashed, I would not have been ready. I would not mm. have been ready. Um, had we not had... A, big following. I didn't really understand how big the following was until we like got online. I had no idea. Had that not been there, I I think it would have crashed. So similar to what happened when I ended up leaving the other organization and parents were like, yeah, Miss Steph, we were holding off waiting for you. Same thing kind of happened. The parents were like, are you going to do a remote camp? I'm like, yes, we are. Oh, wow. So I packed, <laughs> my roommate would just know, she knew I would pack up stuff. And mind you, I'm running program out of my apartment anyway. I'm still running program out of my apartment. And right now I'm pointing to things that I have nicknamed the tiny twins. Okay. <laughs> um, and they, oh, excuse me. And they, they um, are, have all the materials in it. So I, once a week, would line up everybody's little baggie, you know? Um, And so they, I would take that and um, families would come pick it up. So I had some families that were here in New York City and then I had families who left. So we shipped stuff once a week or whatever they were getting stuff we did how can we say experience trying to word this and you all feel free to help season it um we did experience the financial response right because there was a financial response and kind of a bit of a light bulb for some people hello um in 
May, June of 2020. Okay. I was like, oh, right. yeah, may, maybe a black profit might need more money. Uh, maybe, we, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be like stress them out about where they're spending it. Maybe a nonprofit mm-hmm. needs money <laughs> for right. staff instead of right. just programming. So right. with all of that mix afford, <laughs> right. um, we were able to afford to do online. I ended up hiring my, my big kids as I call them. They've known me for years, um, right. that, and that's who helps run camp every year anyway. And they logged in with me. I'm like, okay. And so we did the Zoom thing. We would do the Zoom breakout rooms and this and that. They come on with their materials, and I knew what they had because I sent it. Right. So I go, oh, go get such and such from your bag. Go get this. And the parents loved it. They were like, thank you, because it was just one last thing to do. Right. And that's when we were all like in, especially New Yorkers. We were in. <laughs> we were inside, yeah. you know. So that's what happened with summer camp. Summer camp still happened. Saturday okay. Science Club just recently rebooted to in person. Um, I have been doing live. I'm now on episode seventy one. Oh wow! <laughs> been doing lives on sat every Saturday, pretty much from. March 16th-ish, you know, mm-hmm. that weekend through till a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I, my YouTube channel shifted. It was because it used to be, you know, me singing random songs. And now it's all stuff, science stuff. Right. Our, we were doing Facebook lives and all that type of stuff. And so towards the end of the school year, which is where we're at now, I'm dealing with the reality of a hybrid situation, right? Like people who stayed, the traveling science teachers that stayed online. My assistant was going in person. So we were meeting this way. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, did you get the materials I sent? Did they put them, Are they, you know? Um, and now we're trying to like now get things situated for summer program, which is in a location right. we've never been in before because right. mm. of COVID. Because we, that other partnership just completely blew up. Not in right. like, there was an argument way, but literally they never reached back out. I was like, guys, what are you guys doing? Right. So, <laughs> so you did mention kind of benefiting somewhat of, I guess what we would call the the moment in the movement, right? Um, do you do you feel that you know foundations and other funding sources have been more receptive, or do you think it's sustainable? Or you know, a question we ask: Do you believe this is sustainable, or do you think this is more of a a, a moment? Um, okay, yeah. So several questions there. Love it, and like so, just. I commend how on point, like, right? Those are, those are the right questions. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's like what I'm dealing with, okay? So which which foundations are not gonna ask me for the insane reporting, right? Like, dude, we are, we are a one and a half person show. 
Right. right? I have like some staff that works with me part time, but then the rest of it is me, and then I've got a board. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some of the issue the reckoning, not only just racially, but just the reckoning of looking at nonprofits and being like, you're a business. So if mm-hmm. I'm a foundation that wants nonprofits to like do what they do, and I like small business, maybe I need to not put same amount of expectations for like five grand. Right. Right. The okay. bureaucracy and the over bureaucracy and the oversight, okay. you know, kind of. Thing. Right. So we do have one um, funder that clearly has tried to actively adjust themselves and they were already on the way to adjustment before COVID even hit. Oh, wow. Mm. So they were, yeah, they were on their way to adjustment. So then COVID hit and then right, <laughs> all that, mm-hmm. yeah. just right, all that hit. Um, and so they made that adjustment. Then, like I said, there's small businesses and one small business in particular um, was like looking for somebody looking like me <laughs> to give mm-hmm. money to. And mm-hmm. one of the parents happened to mention my name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you thought of giving to Miss Duff? <laughs> right. And literally they wrote a check. Gotcha. Right. They wrote a check. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That was, and going to your point of sustainability, that was for last year. And that really helped us last year. But are we seeing that money still again? Is like, a, is it a repeat thing? No, not so much. Um, still trying to get these big folks in, in the granting area to really understand it (laughs) and go, yes, we, we, we want to give to you. Um, and then on the other hand, because we've stayed active and because I did, because literally you can go on my YouTube channel on the Facebook and the Instagram and see me teaching, I've gotten a lot of um, requests mm-hmm. um, from potential partners. So maybe not so much like just grant funds or donors, um, which we do still need, that still needs to like, um, be worked on. Um, but as far as being out there enough to where other people in the community can know about it, that is increased. Um, right. and just trying to, you know, just make sure that Harlem knows like, guys, like, right. this is free. Like, I, like I'm going, I mean, the stuff that's in person and all that type of stuff, is it free? No, but real, right. real it's close. A, like, a, close. Right. <laughs> just a few like <laughs> decimal points mm-hmm. over for free. Um, mm. you know, like it's here for you. Right. Your kid and really frankly you, because if you want to come volunteer and you want to come learn some science, hey, why not? Um, Like it's here for you. This is, you're who I designed this for. I'm here for you. Um, That has become more clear. Gotcha. Because of the online presence, because of the necessitated pivot, just like who changes the business model in the middle of a school year? Well, not even in the middle of school year. It was like February is, yeah. We're getting ready for testing by February. 
you know, now, and, and, you know, and I guess across the country, schools, I mean, a lot of schools have problem pivoting, right? Uh, I mean, one, because of the perceived digital divide, right? Or lack of computers in schools, right? Um, and then lack of qualified teachers to teach on the lack of computers in school. Um, <laughs> and then it seemed like they spent all summer trying to figure out, are we going back to school? Right? Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, so I guess it's, it's, it's been a, a cluster kind of um, it's dealing with kind of urban education and online schooling. Um, mm -hmm. how, how did your, you, know, you mentioned a little bit, but how did your kind of market crowd, um, your families, how did they deal with the online piece as far as transitioning? I mean, I know you had some problems, but how did they adapt? It was a mix. Okay. It was a mix. Mix, 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 mix. I have one. So I'm going to do two ends of the spectrum, right? I've got one family. Um, and I don't want to rattle off demographics necessarily because I also want to manage optics. Right. I'll talk child, sure. right? So situation where kid like, <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, and a lot of kids, a lot of the kids call me like auntie in some way because I've known the parents since before they were born. Right. So one kid is like, hi, Aunt Steph, how are you? <laughs> Logging in um, for camp and family was able to get out of Dodge. Family was really only t intending on just kind of like going away for the month that it was said that this was going right. to be gone in, which mm -hmm. I was like, it's not going in a month, but okay. You know, um, I don't know that we thought it was going to do, you know. 18 months plus 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 yeah. right because we're still kind of doing this yeah um just as a scientist i'm like hmm, let's, let, let's clarify um but all that being said is that child responded well and can just socialize anywhere loves being around adults computer access family figured out how to get computer access to where they went and um child goes to a school that up being back in person because school has the resources to make that whole in-person thing safe okay then i have another student who is kind of on the other side of the spectrum but like not in and out internet right like another kid that calls me auntie mm -hmm. would log in and all of a sudden fall off be like where did where did he go and then would pop back up and they would come back because they were, I had them all scheduled at certain times to come in. So some of the kids were getting like one-on-one, -on -one, right. if not one-on-two, -on -two, like my assistant would come in. And so the two of us would work with, right? Mm -hmm. Just to really give them the time that they never get. So not only do you not get like science, you're not getting just, so how are you? And do you like the project? How dare I, as a teacher, ask you how you like the project, whether or not you want to do it again. <laughs> craziness right mm -hmm. so that situation and, and that kid just do so much better when they were allowed to go back to school mm -hmm. that child and the family was just better <laughs> um mm -hmm. and so keeping up to date with them another set of family just um 
just doing better when the kid could just be back in school. You know, some kids just do whatever. And when I say back in school, I mean physically in school, because as, as an editor, I was really persnickety about this whole homeschool term that was being thrown away, thrown around. I was like, whoa, 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 this is not homeschool. This is school at home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Meaning both parents and teacher are working way hard and kid is stressed out. That's what right. happened. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> homeschool is you design this thing for your kid. Mm-hmm. You could do whatever you feel is appropriate for your child. And it's a lot shorter day. Right. Like we're keeping these babies online from eight. Right. And they're hopping mm-hmm. links eight to like six because right. I'm after school. Right. Do I know they're going to after school? Because kids logging on to me. Right. Going to virtual after school. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hours. So right. That's a lot of hours. So not only did we have the digital divide stuff, which really took up a lot of the oxygen, but just the concept of, is this the way we should be teaching children anyway? Because anybody who's, and this is coming from, remember, the chick that's not been in, that's not a trained educator. Right. I'm learning from just purpose. Right. Right. just observant okay i'm adjacent i've not sat in education courses i mean i've taken some stuff over the years to you know of course um to manage and learn to write lessons all that type of stuff but like i didn't go to school for this but yet we have this school system designed for whom exactly right so to answer your question, a lot of the stuff that came out of this, and I had a great conversation with one of my dear friends, who's, she's a principal in, in LA. Um, she's just, yeah, she's, she's like, this is crazy. Um, but just learning the concept of even the, why, why would, did we have so many kids? Class size, talking about class size. Why did we have so many children in the room before anyway, before right. a pandemic? So now you find out, oh, it's literally physically unhealthy right. <laughs> right. to have yeah. all those bodies in the room. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now how do we get everybody back into the school building, learning in the school building? But should, should we really put all those people back together in the same room? Right. On top of the fact children learn differently, this, that, and whatever. And the amount of how are, how are we assessing kids? Are we even assessing kids? Should we be doing assessments right. online? And how do I make sure that they are not cheating or whatever? Or how do I make sure that they're actually paying attention and filling it out? And what does the assessment even tell me? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, to, I always like to ask my kids. Okay. So, did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> when yes, they asked me a yes, question, yes. did I, I ask you a question? It was crazy. Yes. That, that's my short. Right. It was crazy and it was going to be crazy because of the flaws in our system. Right. That was mm. not going to go well. Right. Yeah. Nothing like, nothing like a monkey wrench thrown into a machine that doesn't work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> A 
Exactly. Fix that, fix that one. <laughs> so there's another question I have. So it's, it's you know, so the STEM, STEM have been terms and, you know, kind of catchphrases and hot topics for, I guess, that's five last five or so years, right? It's like everything's about STEM, everything's about STEAM. Um, there's, there, there's the appearance of, there's a lot of programs that are built around STEAM and STEM. Schools apparently have curriculums that are focusing on STEAM and STEM. But from your opinion, do you think that we are doing a good job from an urban education standpoint, actually living up to all the optics that we that, that we see and we hear, right? So is it more optics or more kind of reality? Um, Say it with me. Optics. <laughs> Everybody in the cheap, the expensive, whatever seats, the seats, um, that are eventually going to be on the moon. Optics. Right. Um, It's very unfortunate. I have lots of conversations um, in the space with folks about like, we have the consulting arm, right? Um, About what we provide. Mm -hmm. When, what do you get when you get science club? I'm going to expose them to the basics of science. Um, just like the basics, like what's an experiment, like pouring water into a cup, not an experiment. Right. That's a specific term, guys. <laughs> it is. Right. Um, can we learn what a hypothesis is? So a lot of what I'm seeing, frankly, and unfortunately, it's just as unfortunate as calling science a special, that when we're doing all this STEM and STEAM stuff, we're going, let's turn everybody into it. Let's do coding or robotics. Uh, okay, cool. I get it. So, yeah. I have personally benefited. Okay. Like I said, chronic conditions from <laughs> Robotic surgery, <laughs> like literally. Hello, hello, hello. I know. Um, and I actually had both. I had one surgery that was the non-robotic version, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is why I had to have a robotic version. <laughs> Very different. So yes, robotics are important. Yep. However, someone has to run the robot, and the doctor mm-hmm. that performed the surgery still has to like be able to identify and comprehend my still had to identify comprehend my symptoms understand how the disease process actually works before you go in cutting stuff so yes we need somebody to the design the robot but there's so many other things involved there's a laser focus especially for our children, I'll say it, black children, um, to like get them into STEM and STEAM careers. But we are assuming everyone's access point is engineering. 
right. And not only in jujitsu, but very like it's even more like coding and all. You got to do right. coding, coding, coding. Do you do coding? Like that's the question I get. Right. No, I'm not about to lie to you. However, can I set them up so they understand coding? Because coding is a specific type of language that you're putting into the computer to give the computer instructions. Can I teach them the concepts of algorithms by having them learn about plants? Yes, I can. Right. Can I get them, do, can we introduce the access point for everybody? Yes. Because we're hopping over the access point and being like, oh, you didn't get on the bridge on your car? No, bro. There's no turnoff. Right. You you built just to, to use your analogy. Okay, so Kim, does the machine have an on and off switch? Do you have instructions? The machine is so cute. It can go to Mars, it can go to Pluto. Right. Do I know how to run it? And do I have any comprehension of the general sciences I will have to take to get there? And to take other people with me too. That's the other thing. Right. Is that, right. yeah, sure, I can grow up to be an engineer and kind of tinker with stuff, but the likelihood I'm going to take others with me and inspire others really is very low. And the likelihood that the program will be sustainable be without having all of the components to it it's low. So that's what I'm coming across. Coming, you don't do robotics? Mm, no. Not because there's anything wrong with it, but like you have a kindergartner. Right. <laughs> well, it's got to start somewhere, right? Like, and it's like, I think a lot of people don't understand that, um, that you, you know, in order to get kids, it's almost like, it's almost like tennis, right? Tennis is this super expensive sport that most of us don't get to play in our neighborhood because, it, it, you know, equipment is expensive. There's not enough tennis courts. There's a whole bunch of, of hurdles, right? But can I still, like, can I still teach kids the theories and the, the, the things behind sports that get them interested in asking questions that get them to a place that they want to be interested in learning something that they otherwise don't have access to, right? And I think science is a lot of ways like that same thing where, you know, if they understand the basics of certain, of certain skill sets within science, those things can reach out to other other skills that they didn't even think about. And I think that's where black children have need. I think they need to be able to have the information that allows them to understand that there are more avenues out there for them. And there are more things yes. for them to accomplish. And that biology isn't the only science. <laughs> there are other things. But biology is the building blocks to a lot of things that they're going to go through down the road. Even computer science. Yes. Computer, I mean, if you understand yes. DNA sequencing, you can understand algorithmic programming. <laughs> Yeah, it's foundational yeah. stuff. On top of the fact, not everyone needs to be a computer scientist, but right. everyone needs to know some biology. Right. And Case in point, the yeah. COVID. 
(laughs) Like the stuff that I, to be a functional member of society at this point in 2021 Mm. and beyond, certain basic scientific knowledge Mm-hmm. And thinking really mm-hmm. is needed. Like the conflicts, mm-hmm. and not to presume you all's um, positions on certain things about certain things going on right now, right? But the conflicts that are going on around stuff that had folk just been paying attention in like high school biology, ninth grade biology, no, right. not even high school. Like yeah. it'd be like, oh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> the, most of the people who are who are who have a problem with the vaccines, most of the people who have misunderstood the, the information that's been disseminated for COVID are those people who probably have limited science experience or limited exposure to that when they were kids. And that's you know, so you just grow up kind of like assuming things. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. a sad. That's a sad place to be, especially nowadays. Like I think it's almost impossible that the future of our country isn't going to be entwined with science. It's just not possible on all several levels. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it may be that at some point you're gonna to bring back to your Starbucks thing. There may be a point at some Which point. Is very where highly scientific. Coffee is. You're going to need like a degree, like a, a scientific degree, just to work at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. It just right. it might. It might. You never. You know. It's. It's. You know. And, and God knows, I wish some of these people that were passing out wrong information about COVID had more had 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 taken the time to 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 learn more about the science of what they're trying to say mm-hmm. um, because otherwise I mean it just sounds they just sound stupid I hate to say yeah. it and, and I mean even going back to accessibility right mm-hmm. because what was your what was even available to you right right Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the activities I did before doing the milk activity um, in class yesterday, I did. We did this. There's you can do kind of the same thing, same type of thing, same genre of science investigations um, with water, pepper, and dish soap. Right? Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. It's water. You sprinkle the pepper over. Not too thick of a layer because I did that yesterday. <laughs> a little very very light layer. Don't leave it for too long. Squirt soap. The pepper moves very very simple visual but when those kids saw that they were like it moved right that's what's to the dirt when you wash your hand (laughs) done right Right. you think they'll forget that no not at all ever right and they can relate to it because it's it was easy for them to take take in and understand in the context of what you're doing right Simple, one, two, three. But it's not something that not everybody even just knows the concepts of why oil and water don't mix. All that all that's done. Like, right. you know, and why washing your hands 
during this particular pandemic is so important right. because of what the, how the virus is. Right. Covered in a layer of fat. Man, right. add some soap and some water, you're done. Right. You're like, really, like, really, that's like, you're done. Which you I know? still can't understand why anyone doesn't understand that concept. Right. Clean hands. It's not a concept that should be a mystery to you. <laughs> I mean, this really should not be a new thing. Right. You know, and so it's looking at, I mean, like, that's a whole other, like, societal just... Right. Yeah. Ill. Um, COVID definitely exposed our like the weakness in our like uh, in our educational system. I think it definitely like like that. You instantly knew. Oh, okay, so I know where we. I know where the pockets are now. Right. You know, and for me, especially being a science teacher that works with age like two all the way to high school, I can almost go pinpoint what grade you didn't get what you were supposed to get. Right. Yeah. Like, please like, don't, don't stand right behind that. me in the grocery store. Like, <laughs> yeah. like on a regular yeah. basis. Like, forget COVID. Like, back up. Like, I had to, I had to tell somebody that the other day. I'm like, did you not get the note about COVID? Did you not get that? Were you not copied on that fax? <laughs> and I mean, and just how Things are distributed. Even so, going back to you know um, the question earlier about just like the problems with remote education, and then now rebooting in-person education, mm. and the concerns with that, and the way that various people were complaining. I'm like, you've never been around a group of children. Like mm-hmm. recently, here in New York, there's this whole thing where they're now. The man, the mask mandate is lifted if they're outside playing. I'm like, have you been around a group of little children playing? They go up to each other's faces, right? <laughs> Basically, yeah. They don't have money. Hi, right. do you no want to play? Yeah. So they touch everything, can... and then they touch everything, right? So it's <laughs> and then they touch so... it again, <laughs> and then they want to touch you. Right, yep. exactly. Right, yep. So all so. these people who were mad at the teachers, I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> so you're mad at us for saying maybe, possibly not. Can 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 we hold off on that? Right. <laughs> or all the people who were like, yeah. So you all take us down that rabbit. You all both <laughs> mentioned something access, right? And I think a lot of this has to do with access, right? And I think you both mentioned that. In, I guess one of my favorite sayings out of the uh, the wire, right, um, is I guess in season four, one of the kids asked, "How do you get from here to the rest of the world?" Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer was, "I don't know." Right? So I know one of the, the ways has been through books, right? Mm. And as you know, 12 million was inspired by Richard Wright's book, 12 Million Black Voices. So one of the things that we ask all our guests is, is there a book that you recommend or has inspired you um, that you want to share with us? Yes. So the book that I... I don't know if I can say well. I recommend because I'm a big G Shock uh, sci-fi fan, hmm. and oh, so was my cool. mother. Series Trekkie. I've seen 
all iterations of Star Trek, the cartoons, mm-hmm. the this, the that, everything. Um, and even get the fan fiction stuff. <laughs> wow. um, my dad was Star Wars, so uh-huh. still is because dad's still living, praise God. Um, so a mix of all of you know that. So everything that's in between and on the fringes of it. Um, so that being said, really into sci-fi, and a friend of mine in college was really into reading. As I've mentioned earlier, I did not have a positive relationship mm. with like fun reading. So I'd see her read these books and I would think it was cool. And I would think that that was something that she could access and like not a thing for me. She bought me, she learned me. Mm-hmm. Um, our friends on the step team used to call us uh, roommates because uh, we lived in the same apartment complex. Um, this was back when I was still in New Mexico. Same part, so we could like open our doors and kind of like lean out and wave at each other across the, <laughs> the stairs, right? Um, but she noticed the, the subject matter I liked because we would like uh, um, hang out at each other's apartments like in heaven or whatever. And always want to watch sci-fi stuff. She'd be like, um, <laughs> she just like other stuff. So she was one of the people that got me into reality TV. But anyways, Lord, danger, danger, danger will rob us in danger. But she decided she was going to get me into reading so we could like read together. Okay. Um, and Octavia Butler's oh. terrible series is what she bought me. Oh, wow. That was my first foray into, like, fun reading. Mm. Um, And since then, I have, like, definitely claimed, um, you know, being a fan of Octavia Butler. Um, Now, do I know all of her history? No. But, like, if I see stuff on YouTube randomly, you know how YouTube kind of, like, stalks you and figures out stuff you like um like come up about her i try to watch it um and when actually antebellum which i still need to watch uh came out oh, yeah. i was like this seems so much like kindred and another friend was like no you have to watch it because it, it, it it's not like and i'm like are you right. sure because you know but to be able to have that discourse right with someone is only right. because that friend bought that book for me and then I read it <laughs> and then I read well I mean it's for those who are Octavia but it, it, it's like a whole series and so she wrote like various series and um cool so yeah so not only the solar but then some of her other uh, series which for whatever reason in my brain I can't come up with it now um, <laughs> um wow that's a good yeah. choice <laughs> so this has been wonderful. I mean, there's so much, right? So it's, um, but this has been wonderful for you joining us. I guess, where can people find you on the internet? Like, what are your social handles? So really like easy way. Yep. Instagram, um, M-S-S-T-E-P-H underscore T-F-E. That's a real easy way to get a hold of me. Um, and also to follow and find out what's going on with Science Club and how to get some of the um, live content that I do. I try to throw 
random stuff up. And then, of course, to get information about Triple F Empowerment Inc., www.tfempowerment.org, if you cool. want to support what we're doing. Yes. Everybody should go up there, especially if you've got, got, you've got kids and you want to get them a well-rounded education in a fun environment with like someone who truly cares about what they're teaching. Um, you should go up there and definitely give them a check and give them a check out. Um, Cause it's, it's, I, I, like I said, you know, people like yourself, to me, are, are the reason why the, the education system hasn't completely failed. You know, you guys are holding up, you're holding us up, you're holding up the system, and and showing up places where teachers can't or don't fill in that information. So you're a much needed resource for for the future of. You know what I mean? So keep up the good work. Keep up Appreciate the good work. Appreciate your your words and your encouragement. And uh, I guess that wraps it up for us um, for another episode of 12 Million. I am Darren Jenkins. I am Akbar Majid. And you can follow us on Instagram at 12 Million Podcast. Until our next episode, thank you so much. See you soon.